We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. to pod mavericks mavs party i am kirk henderson editor-in-chief over at mavsmoneyball.com if you are listening to the show via podcast remember you can always join this live show which we do after nearly every single mavs game by going to our youtube channel hitting subscribe and then whenever you see new video uh new live streams posted click the notify me button to get notified that you would like to come on the show for anybody um, that is in the, the live stream at the moment right now, there is the link to uh, join uh, the show here, the streamyard.com link that should be pinned to the channel. You can click to that and go into the waiting room and you will be, um, basically, you'll you'll know that you're in here. So right now, I already got two folks waiting. We got Karam and we got Chris, and then we're going to talk a little hoops uh for those of you who somehow maybe have been in a cave uh the dallas mavericks just beat the uh memphis grizzlies 125 to 110 in the uh the first game where i didn't uh have like a mini panic attack throughout half the game uh you know what let's just go right to talking to people um we're gonna bring up grom first and then chris and anybody else that would like to talk a little hoops tonight because um i don't really know what i what i what to say about this game i'm interested in what people's takes are Rom, welcome to the show. What's going on? Not much. Um, I wasn't able to see the whole game. Um, I just got back from work, so I saw like the last half. Um, I I want to say how nice it is to have a three-point specialist start the season actually making his three-pointers, unlike Reggie Bullock. <laughs> Who, who, which which player is that? I'm curious. Which who who's actually Grant hitting Williams. their shots? Grant Williams. Oh yeah, that's true. He did. He started off three from four from three and 
sort of help break the game open for the Mavericks? So I, I, I did a little quick little uh, stats. So as of right now, in three games, Grant is combined all together, has 37 points and is shooting 45% from the three-point line. Seems good. So Reggie, last year... <laughs> Reggie shot negative percentage um, from three. Total of 21 points, 32%. Mm. And right now, he's averaging three points altogether and 22% from three with 15 minutes a game. Um, while while playing some pretty good defense, making yeah. some nice passes. He's doing a lot. Yeah, he's and getting rebounds. I mean, he's getting about four or five rebounds a game in the last, what, three games? So mm-hmm. he's doing more than just shooting, right? So, which is nice. It's nice. Um, also, you know, you and everyone else had a big concern with them playing overseas and the importance of them starting the season mm-hmm. good, right? Because statistically, if you play overseas, you don't end up doing well when the season begins. There have been, yeah, there have been some, like, the data's kind of mixed, but there are some teams that really didn't do well, and frankly, the Mavericks kind of had the makeup for that. A new team, a coach that's a little yeah. bit skittish. Yeah, so a lot of the odds were against us going to the season. And with 3-0, I can't be more happier than that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I, I, I've, I've had a good time. Um, the low-stress games, uh, was it was nice to have one of those. So you missed the first half, which, you know, the, 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 part, the only part of the game that I think you really missed that you would have enjoyed if you go watch Panda Hank's recap was Luka Doncic losing his mind for about – 90 seconds to end the quarter where he just did the repeated very rude step backs yeah um he's he's playing out of his mind which is is fantastic uh i guess my only issue is he had to pay 40 minutes today um but looking at the box score i think we had two other people who had 20 20 plus points so it was a very nice overall game where luca wasn't just super luca right so it was, it was nice. Um, I guess my only thing is, um, actually, I was actually, you know, seeing that Grant fouled out, right? Not Grant, um, Lively fouled out, right? Lively's toughest game as a pro, toughest but, game I've seen him play. I watched him play in every summer league game, all the overseas preseason games. I didn't catch any of his games at Duke. The toughest game for him by far. But, and it's nice because they won anyway. <laughs> yes, but what's also impressive is with those five fouls in 14 minutes of playing, he has six rebounds and a block. Mm. So that's not bad. The block, I, I meant to post it to my Twitter timeline. The block, he tipped it to himself. Oh, that's nice. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's it's nice. not the swatting out of bounds. It's keeping no. possession. That was no, pretty cool. Nice. But I mean, six rebounds in that in those minimal minutes were pretty good yeah i mean and he's only gonna learn right i mean he had a tough game where mistakes beget more mistakes and that's the first time i've seen that happen to him um where usually and granted he's playing against defensive player of the year jaron jackson jr and jaron jackson really kind of kind of kind of took it to him um but i also go ahead Oh, I'm sorry. I, I also watched, you know, a little bit of recap of his play. And it looked like he got some calls that didn't go his way that I felt 
shouldn't have been called if that makes sense. The game was very physical. He had one at the rim where I watched, I want to say it was Desmond Bain, essentially push off his chest while he went up with both hands. And that's kind of one of those bang bang plays where he it goes but it could kind of go both ways. He had a he had one where he was he was you could tell he was irritated that he was out of position and he thought he'd be able to to block Xavier Tillman. But Xavier Tillman plays basketball like a 40-year-old man at the YMCA where he just uses his big ass and moves people around. And it's just – it's so frustrating to watch a guy that's that good with body control. Like, Grant Williams is kind of like this. But like, Xavier Tillman, like, you look at his age. I want to say the guy's like 25 years old. He looks like he's 50. And you know, he just plays like a 50-year-old. You know who you remind me of? Greg Olden. Sure, he in the face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just no, a big guy who looks old as shit. Uh, the, uh, the Grizzlies drive me crazy because they they draft all these guys that I love. And the different, I was telling Josh this in the post game, Josh Bo. I said that the Grizzlies, top to bottom, are a better overall team than the Dallas Mavericks. They just have way more depth, and this is a, and this is when all their guys are healthy, of course. Yeah, but Luca just so thoroughly abuses them that I think it is everyone right oh yeah but he really seems to punish them like really really see like well, marcus smart i think he likes battling against smart he just really had a great time playing these guys well, the thing is lucas at his best when teams talk shit right mm. so when other teams talk shit that fuels him even more and that makes him more hungry to kind of make them into his little bitch right sure yeah, nobody really teased. Nobody really went at him tonight. You could it. It, it was a. It was the quietest 35, 12, and twelve I can remember Luca having. And again, another game without him bitching to the refs. He so, didn't. He, he did, did once not. early, but after won. that, it was kind of eh, because he he started off the game really poorly shooting, and then just heated up. So, but really you know something. what? I also, notice in these three games, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe just my m- misperception, but him not bitching seems to be. Him not bitching at the rest seems to have gotten him more graces with the rest. Am I mistaken? I mean, he's only shooting nine free throws a game for how much he gets hit, and you can tell it's starting to drive him crazy. But, but it's going to take – Well, it's going to – you know, not to compare it to something serious, but, like, the amends that he has to make with the things he's said and done to referees over the years, he's got a long way to go. I, I, I think it does buy him – in-game credit and it hasn't bit him in the butt so far this year so i'm pleased with that cool so i have two last questions for you okay as a basketball man like yourself who probably knows way more than basketball than me um, but let's hear it (laughs) what is your in a perfect scenario ceiling wise what is lively seen ceiling for you who do you think he could be who he could end up being oh my gosh i have an idea in my mind but i want to hear yours honestly very very similar like a a less fouling jaron jackson jr jaron jackson jr is such a skilled offensive player and we've not gotten to see anything that lively can supposedly do One of the things that really shot him up draft boards was really late. He is apparently an outstanding shooter from distance. We're just never going to see that until like year four. Um, That would be kind of my absolute wildest hot take thing that he would be like Jaron Jackson Jr. That is, uh, that's probably extreme though. So you, but you did ask. 
<laughs> oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm hyping him up because I'm just excited to have someone new sure. on the team who who was drafted and is actually seems good already, right? Um, but I'm saying, <laughs> I feel dumb for saying this, but like maybe Dikembe Mutombo. No, I mean it's so difficult because the things that bigs are asked to do now versus versus 15 years ago or 20 years ago is very different because Dikembe never had to cover outside the paint. You know, pick and rolls were not used as frequently. Obviously they were used, but it's not like he's having to challenge corner threes. Lively's expected to do a lot. So sure. I, I like the, the scariness though of, of what you're sort of implying because, because nobody wanted to play Mutumbo. 10 and 10 and almost three blocks. That'd be amazing, right? So I can I mean that's that's realistic for, for someone like Lively. Yeah. So I don't know. I, we'll see. I like yeah. it. Yeah. And and my uh second my last question is not basketball related, but what games are you currently playing right now? Just Breath of the Wild. I had to put down Starfield. Otherwise, I would lose my job. <laughs> how is how is uh, I haven't played it yet, but how is it? Not Starfield, but oh, Breath of the Wild. Oh no! Oh, you're playing the old one. The no. old one. Yeah, I never played it. I just like my son wanted to play it, and I have to play it a little bit to stay ahead because when he and I play, I need to use my time well because uh, it's just I don't know. It's fun. I highly recommend both games. It's a good game. Yeah. Uh, Starfield, I haven't played yet, but it cool. was yeah. Well, I'm a sucker for Bethesda games, so any anything where I can role play like that is great. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I'll let everyone, um, uh, someone else hop on. Cool. Thanks for having me. All right. Talk soon. You have a good one. You too. Thank you. Okay. Coming up next is my man Chris Haley. You guys know Chris. He's the happiest person in the chat. Chris, what's going on? Uh, nothing much. Uh, Luca is for sure going to be MVP this year. I, I just. The way he's playing, I know three three games in, we just have a better roster that's just gonna just help him out. Um, just he's just playing out of his mind right now. I'm just so happy how, with how things are going. Mavs are three and zero. Stars win. Rangers win. I didn't know the Stars won. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing pretty good this year. They've only lost once. Um, so this is great. And Derek Jones Jr. I could see now why he was starting. We must have they must have seen something in practice or you know he reminds me of man. Hmm. This is going to be a dumb shit cross sports comparison. Here, the way he runs down down the court reminds me of how Demarco Murray used to run with Oklahoma and with the Cowboys, just like eye back diving at the rim stuff. And he's like, "I'm gonna get there. I don't care if I get hit, and knocked into next week." Because I remember Murray, whenever the Cowboys used him, it felt like he was gonna get, gonna get like 350 carries, and he was just gonna evaporate into like Thanos dust at some point. And that's sort of what I feel like with Murray, or I'm sorry, with Derek Jones Jr. Because like, dude, the way he was running down the floor tonight, I keep thinking about that pass that he got from Luca, where he got the left-handed layup over the outstretched arm of of, of Jaron Jackson Jr. Mavs don't do that. Yeah, this is great. Funny drawing those fouls and um honestly i didn't really know much about him because i uh, he can't really hit the threes that he's hitting like that either. that's fake the threes he's hitting are utterly fake but oh, if he okay. can hit if he can scare teams that's all that matters because it's about what you think because if he's has somebody on him every now and again if he hits one three every two games i'm going to be yes. excited that's the thing about basketball and i'm I'm almost 40 years old and i'm the guy at the y and i'm just saying like i i hit threes too like you see one go down 
And the thing is, he's going to get these shots. Luca gets double teamed all the time, especially yeah. if Kyrie's out tonight. We all knew Luca was going to get double teamed a lot. These guys are just getting. I mean, they're they're NBA players. They shoot constantly, practice these threes, and they're wide open. They're going to take them. Thank God, Tim Hardaway Jr. He gives us, he giveth, and he taketh away, and he gave it tonight. I was afraid at first. He seemed like he was getting off slow, but then he just out of the blue was just hitting some more threes. And- well, let me ask you a question as a longtime Mavs fan and Tim Hardaway watcher. Do you prefer early hot Tim or Tim who heats up slowly? Uh, I would say early hot Tim, and I would hope that he would just get get him out in the second half. Well, did you play. see did, – you were in here in the last show where Josh Bowe shared the last 10 shots that Tim Hardaway took. Yeah, against- one out of 10. One out of ten. See, that's where it's like the the when he gets hot early, he's like, "Oh, I'm here. Hey, I'm dude, going I to was, do the like thing." I, said, I was at that game, and I tell you, man, when he was missing those <laughs> run to the basket floaters, I swear to God, we were all you could just hear the cringe just in the crowd, sure. and I'm just like, ah, I'm just. I like, mean, the, he hit the one three tonight that was the the absolute prayer shot that hit the back of the rim, bounced all the way up, and went in. Yeah. I mean, like that was impossible. And he did it anyway. There's so many times he's just like, you just know he's about to impulsively take a shot. I'm like, don't do it, dude. Don't do it. That's right. And he does it. So if he makes it, I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm like, let's just get to the next play. Let's see who else. Uh, Seth Curry, I'm kind of surprised. He's not really getting off to a. But did know, you see how they freaked out every time he got the ball? Yeah. Like, I would figure he's going to get wide open shots too. Or I, he, I would. I he, he's it. not because he's Seth Curry. But when yeah. he gets when he gets blitzed like that, it results in everything else in the defense breaking down. It's an oh shit, Seth Curry has an oh, might have a shot. Oh god, and and that changes things. That really does because he only hit one, and then he missed his next four, I think, or is maybe is one of his first two. But mm. that sort of thing is really invaluable to the way the offense gets going because it it's a it's a fear thing. And that's important. Yeah, he just got. He just got to have one good game, and I think he, he'll be fine. I mean, at the end of the day, as long as we have depth on our team, especially when guys are out, we'll be fine. I mean, Grant Williams, I, I like him a lot. He makes those threes, but I've noticed against him against Wimby and against Jaron Jackson, he just kind of he's such a thick player that these guys can't really back him down. Yep. I know. I know Grant Williams isn't very tall, but he he's got a thick body, so he kind of keeps out of the out of the pain. But I'm just glad we beat the Grizzlies because those three games at the end of the last season. Was some bullshit. Like I don't know, Derek Roddy is that his name? He just had the game of David his life. Roddy because he's he. I mean, he's built like um, with a like sideshow. Like, well, to me, it's like 1980s WWE where there were these two wrestlers with spiked shoulder pads. The Legion oh, of the Doom. Road Warriors. The Road Warriors. Yeah, animal. Yeah, that's who he reminds me of. Like I, <laughs> I that he's a Road Warrior to me. I that that and it, you know. I, don't know. I, I like watching him play. But apparently... ja Morant, and this is, should be a lesson to John ja Morant about if he really cares about his team, it doesn't doesn't want to just get paid. If he cares about his team, this is what happens when you make mistakes. Sure. I mean, you're costing your team hurting. It could be the C and it's 0 4, but I mean, you're going to be 0 4 in the West this year. That's not, you're digging yourself a hole. So, uh, but they're like, you know, missing Steven Adams and all, but yeah, whatever. We're not, at least we don't have, we don't have to play the Grizzlies. Um, with John Moran until like the fourth game of the of their matchup. So the first right. three times we played the Grizzlies, they're not going to have John Moran. Right. And, and one of them was the night we won. So, but yeah, let's just keep this up. I, honestly, I, I'm not being optimistic, but I seriously think even with Denver, I think we could start out eight. No, 
Like, we don't have to be great on defense. We just – I don't think we even have to be good on defense. I think we just got to be okay. Well, the Bulls are a – to me, the Bull – and that's who we play next for the Bulls. The Bulls are a uh, a kind of a snake in the in the tall grass team um, where yeah, they have – They're only meeting after their – but they have lock. the kind of guys who just give the Mavericks trouble. Yeah, Zach Levine. Yeah. Zach Levine lights yeah. Dallas on fire. He just does. And I'll just say the last thing. The last time I – the Mavs and Bulls, when they were in Dallas, was that le- second before the last game of the season, and I was at that. And it hurt my soul to have to – not say root against the Mavs, but for business purposes, you, you had to go against the Mavericks for – Mm. You had to have him to have that loss, you know, for Derek Lively. So it's just That's so right. funny how the media made it seem like we we invented tanking. <laughs> you know, we're like tanking the last two games, and they just make this big spectacle of it. Even though the the Trailblazers were doing that with they did it for like games. three years. Yeah. Oh well, but whatever. They, the Mavs, you know, the ESPN. What are they hating on the Mavs? Let's just keep this. Show no, no, a quiet. I don't want any Mavs talk. I want the Mavericks to start out and, and, yeah. and be like, oh, you know, I don't want to spotlight it. I'll be under the radar and just have a good record. The, the game season. 30, where it's like, you know, where Zach Lowe gets on the show and he's like, you know who I like? The Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> the things don't have one beer. That's right. But anyway, yeah, I hope you, you guys have a good night. Let's just uh, let's keep, keep this winning streak alive. So. You too, buddy. You too. All right, coming up next is going to be my friend Micah. We've been in here about 20 minutes. Um, these shows always are are kind of an acquired taste. But if those of you who are in here wouldn't mind doing me a small favor, if you could go hit that like button, I'd really appreciate it. Um, apparently, that does something at least when you're you're looking for for things in the algorithm and directs uh, potential new uh, subscribers to the show. Speaking of the word subscribe, if you could also consider subscribing to pod maverick i would be very grateful we have a soft goal of five thousand subs by the end of the year i think we can do that we'll see you know we're at about 1800 right now josh and i started in april uh after getting moving over to a new podcast uh, plat- uh basically supporter because sb nation <laughs> decided to uh cut us and everybody else to get uh the the pod that they replaced us with was on is andre igudala's pod so that was, that was a, a fun thing to learn these last few weeks but yeah i really appreciate your support and everybody's hanging out with us in here we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, all right, coming up to the show now is my man Micah who is uh, great at uh, one of the things I like when I bring Mike up is you can tell he's like always wandering around his house. It's my favorite thing. Micah, what's up, man? 
What's going on, Kurt? Oh, you know, another day. Um, it's a good DFW Sports Day, actually. Does it feel good? So, yeah, all three teams won. My my wife <laughs> is a, is a is a Cardinals fan, and she just like hates the Rangers with like a religious fervor. And I'm like, why can't we be happy for our friends? And she just is just like, absolutely not. It's great. Sports sports is the last <laughs> sports is the last realm where hatred is socially acceptable, which is good. So, anyway, what are you thinking? Um, Derek Jones Jr. has shame. So, <laughs> um, I was surprised. I'm not gonna lie. It was just like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. What do you mean? I just, I think he's a useful player, but nobody can convince me that he's starter caliber. I just, I don't. Oh, I'm like not slot there. him in the eighty-two game starter. I'd agree with that. He's not. Right. He's not. They they need to use him situationally, and I think that, I think this this game is as happy as I am for him because he needed it and they needed it. This game is going to serve for a little bit of of confirmation bias of C. This is why we started him, but right. but at least I understand why they started him now. I did not get it. I'm like, what is going? Like, what is the point? I understand. Um, how to say this? I understand the theory. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it feels like. Um, and I, I'm not going to lie, I kind of agree. I think Jason Kidd just does not believe in uh, Josh Green playing a four spot. And he he wants, in theory, a Derrick Jones-looking player to play that Somebody spot. who's just – and can, correct me if I'm wrong here. When you say that, you mean someone who is just a little bit taller and a little bit longer. Both, yeah, exactly. Like, um, for example, like if Omax was ready, I wouldn't be surprised if he was starting mm-hmm. over Josh. But it's just like you're seeing how, like how raw he is. So, um, I don't know. Maybe that's something that they go after in the trade deadline to because I feel like they're looking for. Basically Dorian, but maybe better. And and they they don't feel like Josh is long enough to be more because he's a small guy. Like as far as like I mean he's a he's a guard. So um right. So I think that's that's why there's a fight to even though in theory like. You look at it like that's your five best players. Why aren't they playing together? Yes, but at the same time, you're you can see the you can see the practice. Yeah, the five best player stuff. It's kind of more about who finishes in certain situations. Yeah. And you know these these earlier games they played the Spurs. The Spurs have such an odd lineup of of guys. The the Timberwolves do as well. So I don't mind the rotating roster, like lineup flexibility of different guys doing different things. Um, so I, I feel pretty good about where they are. Uh, of course, you know, the, the Denver game, two games from now, could completely change my mind if Denver, like, swats them out of the sky. But, 
you know, what we're aiming for, and I know a lot of us really want the Mavericks to obviously go further than the first round, but after missing the playoffs, my my short-term goal is getting to the playoffs, like being a real true top eight seed. And coming into the year, I was cautiously optimistic, but I've seen enough from these first three games to kind of sure. see the vision. And if they're able to execute enough over a long season, I don't. I think top eight is is reasonable. Maybe tops, tops. I mean, maybe like five to six, even. What I've been saying to you before the season started was, I felt like they were an eight seed, but in all likelihood, a six seed because people that I have above them before the season starts are probably going to stay. And um, we're kind of seeing that play out right now uh, against the team we just played, being one of them. And uh, Lakers aren't looking too hot either. So there's a lot of – I think that's why even a bunch of the media had um, the Mavs so low. Like, people could say, oh, it's disrespectful, but – you can really just sit back and laugh because guys that they thought were going to be top teams are going to stink. Like there's, there's several of them. I agree. Ooh. The Lakers are in particular look messy. When, what, what are they at right now? Um, yeah, they're losing to Orlando who looks by the way, kind of terrifying. Uh, Orlando seems to have something uh, really, really something. They they got beat by a close. Get this, they got beat by a closing lineup featuring Javale McGee, Harrison Barnes, Malik Monk, and well, uh, Keegan Murray. The Lakers, you mean? Yes. Right? Yeah, they elected yes. to go shot for shot against against. Um, shoot, what what you, you just said his name? The former University of Kentucky guy. Uh, Malik Monk. Malik Monk. Yeah. Like, like trading shot for shot with Monk is stupid. He's good. That's what he does. He scores. Right. Um, <sighs> yeah, they're just overrated. I don't think they're a top team. Like, um, I think a lot of people had them, oh, they're going to be three or four. But to me, they look like the eight seed that's going to be fighting for a play in. Right. And, uh, Gabe Vincent's going to get the, is, a. Uh, Next to take to Russell Westbrook, uh, Kyle Kuzma, Baton. That's right. So, all right, man. We got well, anything else for us? Uh, nothing much. Just uh, go Rangers, go Mass. All right, man. Talk to you next time. All right. Let's see here. Coming up next, we got Robert. Robert, welcome to the show. What's going on tonight? Hey, Kirk. Sorry, I don't have a uh, camera on this computer. That is perfectly fine. You sound good. Um, yeah, I want to talk about Dante Exum. I think he's a pretty important player for this team. Ooh. Hit, him and Seth Curry seem like, at least tonight, specifically in you know the third quarter and late and early fourth quarter, uh, two of the only guys willing to actually go and set up an offense instead of catch the ball and either shoot it or dribble towards Luca or have Luca run towards them. Um, I think when these guys are actually willing to set up an offense and let Luca play a little bit more on the weak side, one, his usage rate goes down, uh, his minutes later in the game can be a little more productive. And I just think the entire offense flows better when you have guys like that willing to, to actually set up the offense. I was wondering your thoughts on this. 
I like the concept. My main question then becomes like, do we feel like the Mavericks earnestly have an offense? <laughs> That's kind of my challenge right now where I, I see the occasional action and I'm not great about spotting this stuff in real time, yeah. but when you watch certain things and re- replays, like when certain people break down stuff, like Grant F. Seth breaks down film over at DallasBasketball.com, Josh Bow does it for us every now and again. It just doesn't feel like they run anything that's too complex. It's a lot of two-man games, sometimes things with like double screens and staggered screens. And I, I, if they're going to run more of an offense, I think there needs to be more motion on the weak side when instead it feels like every – and this is, just, this is NBA offenses in general. It's not just the Mavericks, but it's like when Luca's on the weak side, he just a lot of standing there, and and I, I hate that. Well, and you know, one, I think if he can't stand there and steal twenty four seconds on a possession, I mean, I think most stars in the NBA do do that at least yeah. occasionally. Yeah, um, but it, but the usage stuff, I think, in terms of him, any this is why I like him and Kyrie playing together because when Luca. When Kyrie's off ball, or I mean Seth Curry, even to a degree, you could just see the way these guys make defenses panic because they got to account for them at all times. And so it's, I I would certainly like to see Luca play more with Exum. Um, I don't think we've seen enough of it through three games because Exum's not gotten a ton of ton of run. But I, I certainly like the idea. I, I wouldn't shock me if Kid experiments with it at some point. Yeah, because like a guy like. Uh... Tim Hardaway Jr. He kind of seems like a, a black hole when he brings the ball down, uh, meaning he he is either going to shoot it or turn it over. And uh, I guess that's one way to steal 24 seconds for Luca, but it's not the most productive way to do it, in my opinion. That's right. That's right. I think that's absolutely fair. I like that. Uh, my other question for you is, um, you know, the – the uh, opponents made a, a run late here. The Grizzlies made a run late here mm-hmm. and uh kid called a timeout and the Mavs actually seemed to respond to the timeout and go on a counter run, which last year in the fourth quarter, they didn't seem to do, you know, I don't know if this is um, the, the difference in personnel here. Or um, if our our luck in the clutch is is changing now. I mean, we were, you know, a pretty bad clutch team last year, and and now I think we're officially three and zero in clutch games. I think this got down to under five in five minutes. Well, I remember the play specifically that you're talking about because Josh Bow and I talked about it on the recap. I gotta see if the Mavericks subbed anybody out during that timeout. Let me go look here because this was. This was kind of a uh, – it was pretty important. The Mavericks got down by three. All right, full timeout. Live, uh, Kleber enters the game Enters the game for Lively. That's kind of a neither here nor there sub to what happened yeah. next. Um, the Mavericks had a play out of the timeout, which was a nice play. Josh Green gets the ball on a swing reversal on basically going from left to right, standing at the right wing. And the dude doesn't even look at the rim. He goes to pass it immediately. And then something triggers in his brain. And he's like, there's no one near me. I'm going to go to the rim and score. That sort of thing. I'm not sure if Josh does that last year. Um, Josh's offensive evolution has been very interesting because he's so odd. He just, he, he does a lot of stuff by like rote memory, I think. Um, and playing a little more free form 
when he's not the kind of the one of the lead ball handlers, I think it makes him a little nervous. So making what the decision making that he had tonight was strong. And I, I liked that. And that game, that play that put the Mavericks that steadied them. It was at, at the five minute mark in the fourth quarter. I, it was, it was key. And I just think having more guys that can dribble and co- dribble confidently and them and those same players also having the freedom to know that they can make those decisions helps this Mavericks team a lot. Yeah, I just think, yeah, I think you're right. I think it gives the teams more options. I mean, it's not just Kyrie or Luca where it's going to attack the defense. I mean, you had, this was a perfect example where you had Josh Green attack the defense. I think a guy like Seth Curry could attack the defense, X him again. I mean, I just think we can actually attack the defense. I think, you know, this game we did have, I think we had like a historically great uh, shooting percentage in the first half. I think we were like 58% from threes or something. I saw someone tweet. Uh, let's see if I can give him credit. It, it was no, many. It was 15 to 26 from three. It was it was many threes. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I don't know if we are still again going to be a slave to three point shooting this year. But I do think we actually have the option to to have the players and, and tools to attack the rim that we didn't have last mm-hmm. year. So, you know, last year, it seemed like if the threes weren't falling, plan B was shoot more threes. Yeah. Where here it seems like we actually have other plans um which is beneficial i I guess my last question to you to you is um kind of playing devil's advocate here i i kind of understand why jason kidd has is has been apprehensive to start lively and josh green because these are two kind of high energy guys who um in the beginning of games the games seem to be officiated a little bit more tightly you know that the refs really trying to get a handle of the game and these these high energy guys as i think we saw tonight are pretty prone to get early fouls which change their usage throughout the game sure and you know maybe lively actually could have benefited from sitting the first four or five minutes tonight and I think yeah, the Grizzlies I, are sort of uniquely positioned to torture a guy like Lively as he's still learning because he was getting whooped by the old man and Xavier Tillman and then getting whooped by the young man, even though Tillman's not that old, but then getting, you know, just destroyed by a generational defensive center and Jaron Jackson Jr. Like it was, this was a tough matchup for him. This was definitely like a growing pains one. And it reminded me, not like in the same stylistically, but when they played the, the Timberwolves the first game, he had four fouls in like yeah. 12 minutes. And it was just because those guys are huge and big. I, he'll figure it out. I, I There's something to your idea, but I still want to see him start just because I think the Luca and him offensive connection is pretty important. And, and I, I agree with you. I'm just devil's advocate to, to reason. I bet kid messes it. around with it a lot this year. I bet we don't, you know, I, it wouldn't, if Lively, sh- it, like I sort of have, have a, in my head, it, just a completely arbitrary number, but I think Lively will end up starting like 45 to 55 games, which is pretty amazing. Like shout out to Sarge in 2013. I'm pretty sure the last time that ever happened with a rookie center for the Mavericks. So I don't know. We'll see where they go. Yeah. Appreciate your time. Of course. Talk soon. All right, um, last we have Brandon hanging out. If anybody else wants to talk, you click the uh, link there in the pinned comments. You can come into the waiting room, and then I will bring you up, and we can chat about anything anybody wants to. Um, 11-11, everybody make a wish. Brandon, what's going on, bub? Kirk, I'm still playing Madden 2017, so I'm like you. <laughs> I play one game, and that's it. I can't do it. Uh, you know, I, I have a whole bunch, but it's just – if I start playing, I'll stop doing Mav stuff, and then that gets me in trouble. So, yeah. what, am, what are you going to do? 
Yeah, I was addicted to uh, Zelda Twilight Princess. Then I got on Madden 17, and that's about it. But, yeah, I got to turn it off before I get addicted. Got to go to work. All right, so what are we thinking tonight? Man, uh, and I kind of feel like Memphis lost the game. Dallas really didn't didn't win it because – Really? Memphis – they they missed a lot of they missed a lot of shots and if things was falling their way, I mean that's I mean this is just to me if things was falling their way they to me it's, it just feels like they just drove on Dallas whenever they wanted to and it was a couple of times I noticed that Memphis was just like having their way and it just is just one of those nights on shot well nothing Marcus, falls from Memphis all Marcus year Smart giveth and Marcus Smart taketh away. He had some pretty amazing shots, and then also, like, right when they were there, would take, like, one of those painful, like, why did you shoot that kind of shots? And I see what you mean, because in the first half, it looked like the Mavericks would run away with it. Then Lively picked up his set, maybe his third foul, and then David Roddy started just bodying everyone, and all of a sudden, the yeah. Memphis was right back in it. So if if they would have maybe pounded it inside, because they beat the shit out of the Mavericks on points in the paint, like, that was really the only statistical category we lost. I think if they would have kept pounding it, there's there's an argument for which they could have could have pushed back past the finish line. And I don't know if you noticed, but man, Josh was picking up dudes at full court, and I mean he was just like on them dudes like that, that was really impressive to you know not only to be able to play men full court, but to have the physical ability to keep that keep that energy the whole time is impressive. I, I, Josh's defensive games are, are all over the map for me because I agree with you on the stamina and the athletic ability, but the next time I see that man run into a screen, like he didn't know it was there. I'm yeah. going to scream. Cause he's just like, he looks like, like a friggin' cartoon character. He's like, what the screen at the top of the key. My goodness. It's like, come on, man. Screen when, they, when the dude passed it over into the three point shooter and he missed, <laughs> I think he like picked him up at half court. I, I saw that. Yeah, but they Dallas. You know what I was looking, and this is like it's hard to really to have some type of expectation for them because they look so different right. than a traditional Dallas team. Yeah, you have a, a a group of younger and you know semi-athletic guys. Before you kind of know what you were going to get, older guys that they could sign, but now they have guys that has you know good 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 role players and so with them being not just like known guys it's, it's really just kind of getting to know them but my main thing is you know who's going to be that that third ball handler you know because you can see Kyrie's out right now and sure. early in the season it's like wow you know knock on wood Luca doesn't get hurt who's going to be that that third ball handler I've liked Exum and I've liked what I've seen from Josh Green I mean that's three and four for me right there um Hardy, when he does dribbling things, he makes me very old man. Like he makes me kind of mad because I think he's very, very skilled, but I, I don't think he's, he doesn't have any burst <laughs> um, just to be quite candid, but that's okay. But I, I, I feel like that, that, you know, even Grant Williams can dribble a little bit. Like there, there's not, they're not to use like a video game analogy again, because we've talked about video games enough, but it's like everybody's sliders are a little turned up where I feel like they can do right. a little bit more than everybody last year. To me, and I, I, I guess to me, uh, a ball handler should also be somewhat of a facilitator as well. Sure. Too. Okay. Okay. Who would be that facilitator? I mean, I really do think it's Exum. 
Like we've not gotten to see enough of him yet in the regular season, but he can run an offense. I feel confident in that. Good. So he's what do you feel like he would be, I guess, um, capable of holding down Fort in a worst case scenario until somebody got back healthy? No, but you know, this team is built around Luca and Kyrie. So if you yeah. lose both of those guys, you're kind of effed anyhow. You're kind of effed anyhow. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just one more thing, Kirk. I mean, looking at the West, to me, Dallas is between that throughout the season that one through eight. Because it's not the old West. You don't have these dominant teams like you used to. I mean, everything's starting to balance out. And to me, Dallas is definitely top eight in the West. As long as they don't play themselves out of the playoffs, I think they'll be well. But – being that is Dallas, just like the Cowboys, they'll find some way to, to mess it up. Well, we got a lot, you know, it's a long year. Um, Kyrie's foot thing, depending on, you know, I earnestly feel like it's a pain tolerance thing. Um, for anybody out there that's had any, any sort of like plantar fasciitis type thing, like any sort of discomfort, like foot discomfort sucks. And there's only like, you kind of pain manage it. And it seems like this is something he's been dealing with for a long time. So I, that that's where I'm, I'm, Frustrated about that, but also cautiously optimistic, if that makes any sense. It seemed like for a slasher to be definitely being a plantar fasciitis, being that he can't be as agile as he, he wanted. He can, be. though. It's like, a, like he is tougher than nails. There's a lot you could say about Kyrie Irving, but that dude is tough. And so it's, it's, do you want to punish him? Like, do you want him to punish his body in game three of the regular season? That's, that's kind of the, the, the calculus that I think the Mavericks did tonight. Yeah, and one last thing. Shout out for Luca for not getting no text. Boom. No text through three games. That's a great okay. point. This is a nice Luca. You need a shirt next time that says hashtag nice Luca. I, I would knock on wood, but my dogs are sleeping and they'll lose right. their shit. So, Brandon, thanks once again for coming up. Thank you, Kurt. All right. Talk soon. All, All right. right. Um, we have one more guest. Krishna popped in. What's up, my guy? Kirk, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, good. Good win. Definitely. A little too close for comfort at the end, but it was nice that at least you're getting clutch wins. Something That's right. Like this didn't turn oh, I guess, you know home. what? Somebody pointed that out in the chat earlier. Let me see if I can find their name. Um, somebody pointed out, it was Nako saying uh, 110 to 105 with under five minutes to go. He's right, it's 457. That mm-hmm. I wonder if the NBA will actually count that as a clutch time win. That's a great point. Yeah, I mean, even if they don't, it's just these are the kinds of wins where it felt like last season, you know, it, this felt like the Nuggets game last season where it's like, was it was that weird back? I don't remember if it was back to back or it was like one day off or something. Didn't they win and, and we were all baffled? Yeah, they like, essentially it was like this game where the Mavs mm. either, I think they were behind for like some of it or they led for a lot of it and then they just lost in the final few minutes, but that's what it felt like it was going to, especially when you didn't have Kyrie for some of those moments, but it felt good. I think we had three guys in twenties, which was pretty surprising. I was kind of shocked to see that. And, you know, some of the lineup stuff I think was frustrating when I look at it at first, but I thought most of it played out pretty well. I think the Derek Lively stuff, like some of it is just, he's a rookie. He's not going to get the benefit of the doubt on calls. And some of it is just inexperience, which, you know, both of those things are going to take time and yep. just reps. So I don't necessarily worry about that too much. 
Um, and the defense stuff is still it's still bad. It's not it's not very good. Like I I, I don't know where else like you, you go from here in terms of the defense. Honestly, I think I I think they just have to have better starts because the defense like somebody again we have excellent commenters. Um, I'm I'm missing the I should have flagged this, but as someone pointed out that in under three minutes against all three of these teams, the Mavericks have given up a grand total of four points in nine total minutes, like the clo- like the last three minutes of each game. Mm-hmm. Um, can't find that comment. I apologize to whoever said that, but that's pretty baller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I do think, I mean, obviously the stats pointed out, but the, the clutch time defense has been really good yeah. by this team. Um, I think the nets is kind of like where I think it's been the worst out of these three games, but that's also like Cam Thomas was out of his mind playing like some of the shots sure. he took. Like so that that's the kind of thing where it's like okay I don't blame you like if someone just goes nuts like what you're not gonna do like it like I was thinking about it, I was it was like a, a barrage of tweets from a, like a Grizzlies fan and like yep it, you know like if we were, if it was Luca you'd just be so pissed right so but it's the same thing right and I think part of it is I, I still not 100 percent sure whether it's a scheme issue in terms of is the team not able to apply scheme or do we still have personnel problems? I think it's a little, it's still a bit of both. I think in my mind, I think guys are just not doing a good enough job on rotations. And a lot of it is screens. Like guys are getting beat on screens way too easily. We're an hour hour into the show. I I said it once in the last person. I don't know how many people are going to hear this. Josh green cannot navigate a screen. He cannot. He could, he could not. He did. In the fourth quarter, I felt like he did a little better, but I don't know what it is about the first, second, third quarters. Like he's not doing well, like at all in navigating screens, and he's over helping um, at the beginning of games, like you guys talked about in the Brooklyn game. Like it, it, it almost feels like he's scarred from last season, where he's like he needs to be on like helping with the ball handler instead of just staying with this guy. But you know what? I I think it's a time thing, a little bit of both, right? I don't think it's necessarily one thing or the other, which we'll see how it goes. And, you know, you don't know what other teams are going to do and what the market necessarily looks like. But I think the positive thing is that the offenses look pretty good. Even, you know, I was very worried. There was that stretch in the fourth quarter where like, Luco's just not out there. And I was like, this is dude, we're like averaging 125.3 points per game. We're at a great time. This is it's insane. It's insane. It's very fun, right? Like I was I was thinking, like, yeah, this is not necessarily like a team offense, right? Where it's like a lot of ball passing. It's very ISO heavy still, but it's just efficient to a point where it's very, very different. And I think that's the positive. You just take positives that you're you're 3 0, which I don't like I think it was like 04. Three oh three or four oh four, right? Was the last time the Mavs were three oh four oh five is what they said. Four oh five, which is a miracle. I mean, that's like it's twenty plus years at this point. But mm-hmm. you just take that and you kind of run away with it. I think Nuggets are next, right? If I'm no Bulls and Nuggets. Bulls and Nuggets. We're looking. Everybody's know. looking ahead because they want to play the Nuggets. But the Bulls, I just I think they're a sneaky. They're, they're going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have great perimeter defense, but they're like. They have no, they have no rim protection. Yeah. They have no rim protection. So, uh, it'll be an interesting game. I, I actually think Caruso would be an interesting pickup if the Bulls start selling. But we also have so, so many guards. We have so know, many guards. One of the little birdies that I have in my life because I don't do a lot of reporting. Why? Like, what's the value in that? A little birdie told me this last off season, the start of this off off season, that in 2019. The morning that the Mavericks signed um, 
Boban bef- the night before they had had a, a, a kind of verbal agreement with with him to 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 be a Maverick. Um, and it the deal Cuban kind of changed his mind and they opted not to do it. Um, he's a heck of a basketball player. You muted yourself. He felt very Austin Reeves like. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, now like he was kind of the original Austin Reeves, right? But kind of proto Reeves, yeah, yeah. But he, it feels like he went to Chicago and he kind of proved like, hey, I'm not just like a. He is. He's really reliable. Like he does the Josh Green thing where he won't score. Like he won't oh, shoot. Oh yeah, but he's, he can defend his ass off. Yes, he's a much more experienced and better perimeter player than anyone we really have. You know what he's like? He's kind of like Reggie in that sense, mm-hmm. where I think he's not as good of a shooter as Reggie when Reggie's really on, but he's just as good a perimeter defender, I think. But yeah. ultimately, like, I think everyone wants to go and get, like, obviously the popular one is OG, and I would love OG on this team, but I think b- before you make those moves, it's kind of about, like, it's a balance of seeing what you have right now and if you can fix it or and also just, like, getting a really good opportunity. Um, and I think, like you've mentioned, it feels like, it feels like kid is kind of just throwing Hardaway out there just to like get get him off the team in a weird way, which I feel is self-sabotaging in a way. Mm. It's like, well, you, you still want to win games. So I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing to do, but you move on and Tim is Tim is Tim. Like I don't necessarily have the same frustrations with Tim and like Dwight as everyone does, because I feel like we've seen the really best of these guys. And when they're really good, they they're contributing players, but they clearly have limitations and in different, in different manners. And you have to like very smart coaches and good coaches are able to minimize that through scheme and role and just fitting that, fitting that way around it. And so I don't know if kid is good enough to do that, but we'll see what happens and not really much to complain. Just move on to Chicago and happy that you can, we can go home without <laughs> worrying about blowing a clutch game. That's right. A 10 point lead, a 10 point lead, Kirk. Oh God. Oh, I mean, it's a 17 point lead. Oh God. Stop. 17 points. They gave up 13 <laughs> points in three minutes. It was horrendous. I couldn't even. Oh, okay. <laughs> Goodness. And, and the worst part was I was watching four other games at the same time. So I sure. could not, it was, it was, Oh, just, just juggling your stress. Oh, it was it was not great. I was glad at least three of the teams I was watching won, so I didn't feel horrible today, but <laughs> it would have been worse if all of them lost. It literally two of the games came down to the wire, and I was like, I cannot do this. You can't do this to me. Of course. All right. All right Thanks, man. Kirk. Have yep, a good night. Mm-hmm. All right. Another fun show. A little over 45 minutes. I guess 50 minutes we have here. Um, remember, guys, if you're at all uh, you know, I know some people have had They've kind of mentioned to me, I don't really want to, you know, elements of like stage fright to an extent, but you know, guys, you're just talking basketball friends. It's like going to the gym, you know, talking in uh, open court talk, you know, I don't have any coworkers that give a shit about basketball. So that's why we do this. Um, Hope you guys come back. We'll do this again on Wednesday night. Thanks so, so much for hanging out. Uh, Everybody be good. And we will talk, talk to you on Wednesday. Bye. Go Mavs.